Hello, hello, and welcome back to Generation Slay, the podcast where we interview the Gen Z creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs who are absolutely killing it in their fields. I'm your host, Emma Havakorst. I'm a senior at Fordham University, majoring in marketing. I'm a social media manager and community manager and a sometimes Gen Z consultant. I'm also a Taurus and a Chai Latte addict, and I've been blogging since I was 13, interning since I was 15, and doing school in whatever time was left over between those other two. So yeah, we're certainly working hard over here, and I have absolutely no doubt that you are doing the same wherever you are. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I really, really do appreciate it. So... As I mentioned in the last episode, which was the first one that came out in 2020, I really want to hear from all of you about your goals for the year. And really, in order to create this sense of community and encouragement around Generation Slay, because I know that I have such incredible young entrepreneurs and creators following and listening to this podcast, I really want to create this situation where we can all learn from each other, and be motivated by each other's goals. So that being said, starting next week, I'm going to be sharing everyone's goals. If they, if you all, obviously, uh, leave them in a review along with your name, your social media handle, your company, whatever you want to shout out. And I'm also going to be sharing those goals on our socials. So obviously, I just want to encourage you all and grow your businesses as much as possible, so I'm always happy to share. And I realized it wasn't fully fair of me to ask you all to share your goals without going a little bit into mine for the year. And I really do think that goal setting is important and I don't necessarily think it's a New Year's thing or a New Year's resolution thing. For me, I'm quite a big fan of the New Year and, you know, taking that clean slate, but you could do that in quarters, you could do it in semesters if you're still in school. You can do that however you like. It's just having a chance to recalibrate and recenter and redefine your goals is something that can be so so, so powerful for us. So to share some of mine for the year, obviously I said before I'm a senior at Fordham, so one of my biggest goals for the year, specifically within the next five months, is to get a job, specifically a job I enjoy that can help me learn and grow and which allows me to contribute to a company that I believe is making positive impact in the world. And that's something that I'm really excited to do. I can go into this more if anyone's interested, but I love working. I've always loved working. As I said, I've been interning since I was 15. So having a full-time job, the potential for that is so, so incredibly exciting for me. Um, Another big focus of mine, obviously, is this podcast. Since this season is the first one that I've been taking on fully by myself for production, for editing, for hosting, outreach, business, marketing, etc. I really want to take this year to get a full handle on it and really develop this into the community 
that I know it can be, which is part of the reason I want to have that ability to engage more with you all, whether that's on our Instagram that I'm going to be using a lot more and we have some incredible, incredible takeovers happening. And that's actually the perfect segue because if you were listening to this on Friday, January 17th, when the episode comes out, you will have seen on our Instagram that we have a wonderful takeover from this week's incredible guest, Dylan Gambardella. If you are listening to this later, don't you worry, you can pop over to our Instagram and watch his takeover in a story highlight. It'll be right there for you, so you won't miss anything, but you know, watching it day of, watching it live, being able to ask questions is always so much better. So for this interview, it was really special because I was lucky enough to speak to Dylan in person, and this is only the second interview that I've had the opportunity to do that just because so many of the people that we interview are, unfortunately, not in New York. Obviously, I do not have the budget or capability to fly around the world and interview people, even though that would be incredible. Uh, And since in-person interviews are so rare, it really reminded me of how incredible the interviews are when you're able to talk to someone face-to-face and really get that engagement and that level of connection. And I really think this conversation just was so much better as a result. And I really hope that you guys see that and glean even more incredible insights than you normally do from this conversation. A little bit about Dylan before we kick this off. So Dylan's a 23-year-old entrepreneur, speaker, and investor. He's the co-founder of NextGenHQ, the premier business hub empowering 20,000-plus of the world's greatest entrepreneurs to overcome obstacles and to chase their dreams. And to date, Dylan and the NextGen team have hosted thousands of attendees at more than a dozen events across the country, including the internationally acclaimed NextGen Summit, which I have been to. Applications just opened, and hopefully some of you will apply and pop over to that. Hopefully I'll see you there. And they've amassed an online network of over 20,000 entrepreneurs. Independently, Dylan has helped leading brands, including Target, Capital One, and Dell, access, engage with, and influence the next generation. He's been featured in Forbes, Inc., Adweek, Entrepreneur, and USA Today for his work leading a venture-backed scaling startup. He is a graduate of Duke University, graduated in 2017, and he spoke in front of tens of thousands of people on global stages, including TEDx. And Dylan and his companies have been featured in Forbes, Adweek, Inc., Entrepreneur, TEDx, Fox, and a number of other major, major publications. Clearly, very accomplished guy and truly just wonderful to speak to. Without further ado, let's kick this thing off. Enjoy the interview. Just to kick things off, make life easy, just give us your background, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So my name is Dylan Gambardella. 
I was born and raised in Westchester, New York, to my mom and dad and my amazing older sister, Alexa. Um, I went to high school in Westchester, then studied at Duke University undergrad, where I launched my current business, NextGen, during my first year at Duke, so in the spring, and trying to balance that in school and social life and maybe a club or two here or there. Not easy, but a lot of fun and an incredible learning experience. Uh, but currently, I am the co-founder and co-CEO of NextGen HQ, and we are a business hub that looks to empower the world's greatest entrepreneurs in overcoming obstacles to pursue their dreams. And through that, I get to work with and meet thousands of the brightest young people, not only in the country, but around the world. And it's truly inspiring to see some of the projects they're working on, and you name it, fintech, healthcare, really across the board. Uh, our job is to hopefully serve them and tell them we see you, we hear you, and keep going, keep pushing forward. It's really tough, it's really difficult, but it's worth it uh, because we believe that ourselves, and so it's a heck of a lot, a lot of fun. So let's get back to kind of where this all started pre-NextGen. You started a company called Students for Students. Yes. Chat with me about that. Sure. Tell me more. Yeah. So when I was a senior in high school, my partner, my current co-founder at NextGen, but also my co-founder at Students for Students, Justin, he and I both had the fortunate uh, luck to get into some good colleges ourselves, applying our senior year. And that was seen by other friends and family in the neighborhood as, oh my goodness, let's tap into them. Let's ask them to check out our essays, check out our son or daughter's piece. Oh, yeah. And we were happy to do it. Right? We wanted to help out and give back to our friends and other community members. Um, after maybe the fifth or sixth, we realized that there might be something here. People have a, a willingness to seek out our help, and not because we're the smartest guys in the world, but because we knew the process, right? We knew what it took to apply and what colleges might want to see. And so we built this marketplace to help high school students applying to school connect with a college student at the schools that they were applying to. The very basic thinking, let's say someone wants to go to Duke, who better to take into the Duke application than a current student at Duke, mm -hmm. who very recently has applied, gotten in, and now attends. Um, so we ran that business for about two years in my senior year of high school and then my first year at Duke, and it was a lot of fun. We were our own bosses, even though we didn't really know what a boss was at the <laughs> time. Um, we were making very little bits of money, but it was money, and that felt really, really good. Um, we were just learning so much, too, about ourselves, but also about working with other people, selling. Right? We ran a few Facebook ads, these things that typical 18-year-olds don't really get to do. Uh, we were just experiencing on the job. And frankly, that first business led us to this desire to connect with other young people who were building stuff. Um, I say stuff very broadly. Yeah. But we really had no idea what the heck we were doing, so we thought, let's go find other people like us who are also trying to balance homework, university, with growing their company. Mm -hmm. And we started attending events. Justin had taken a gap year from Penn, so he was going to conferences nationwide. I was in the local Raleigh-Durham area trying to meet other people and network. Um, we realized pretty quickly that there was not a group out there designed for early stage founders like us mm -hmm. who were also very much so early in the process. Um, there were incubators, accelerators, venture funds, but we were not there yet. And so we decided to go build it ourselves. And that was really, truly where NextGen was born from. So if NextGen is what provides the resources and the information to these founders and entrepreneurs, 
where did you get the information? How did you learn how to start NextGen? That, that is such a great question, and the honest answer is I still don't know all the answers. I still don't have the resources. I'm learning myself, but I've been blessed to accumulate a really powerful network. Mm -hmm. And so when someone comes to me and says, hey, Dylan, you run NextGen. You must know to solve my problem. I'll say, no, I don't, it's, but I probably know somebody who could help you out. Mm -hmm. And maybe it doesn't have to be that 60-year-old CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Maybe it's the 27-year-old who's been there only three years before they went through that problem. They solved that obstacle. And let me introduce you to, to this person, right? Uh, that's really our approach. We leverage great mentor relationships, great advisor relationships, and get them in front of, in front of the kids who need that help. And I say kids very carefully because oh, yeah. we do deal with a lot of young adults and I don't wanna piss anybody off uh, or upset anybody, I should say. But it's really all about getting the right people together mm -hmm. and leveraging our partners, our mentors, each other, the peer network to plug in where applicable. And so it's not our next-gen team having all the answers. We think we're, we're decent, we're still learning a lot uh, about entrepreneurship, about growing a company, but we got a long way to go. And it's really fun to go through this journey with a lot of our community members who are building companies for the first time, and they're in our shoes, we're in their shoes, and so we get it, right? And we can thus identify with their issues and hopefully be a little bit more value because we know what the heck they're experiencing. Yeah, and so you touched on the idea of mentors and advisors, and obviously that's so important, like having and growing that network around you. So for young people who may be starting out or maybe looking for someone to fit that kind of role in their lives, how do you reach out to these mentors and advisors? What advice can you give to find someone who's the right fit and can help you out? Such an important question, and I think for young people, uh, in general, and again, not everybody, but we view these mentors as people we can't really at any level grasp or, or reach out to or get in contact with. Um, we see the, the Mark Cubans of the world, and they're so far away. They're on a TV screen, right? We're watching them on Shark Tank, mm -hmm. and we want to, we know we could benefit from an hour of that person's time, but how the heck are we getting in front of, of these high-level figures? Mm -hmm. So maybe Mark Cuban isn't the answer, but you best believe there are dozens and, and hundreds of people who could provide similar, if not the same value to you as an early stage entrepreneur. Um, and the secret, at least how I've gone about it, lies in adding value first before you ask for it in return. Right. So if you are a college student, right, you go to Fordham, you have that at Fordham.edu email address. Um, that's powerful. Leverage that. In the subject line of your email, I would say something like, college entrepreneur looking for advice, college entrepreneur looking for help, whatever it is. Uh, but go back to them and say, by the way, if there's anything I can do for your company, I am on a college campus, perhaps I could help you market, perhaps I could help you find ambassadors. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that you can do in your unique position, leverage that, lean on that, and they're gonna be way more inclined to help you, even if you just offer to help them. They probably won't take you up on it. So you might not have to do the work anyways, <laughs> But the fact that you're offering it shows the kind of person you are. And so if you are the CEO and you're 50-something years old, you've been doing it for 30, 40 years, and you get this email from this college entrepreneur who you very much so can resonate with because you were probably similar to that person all those years back, mm -hmm. you're going to want to help them because they want to help you. And it's that give-first mentality that really has allowed me to connect with these high-level folks who have come to Next Gen Summit and spoken at our events, not because we paid them, because we don't but because they want to help. They see the value in connecting with this early stage group 
they can very much so relate to themselves. You've actually, one of my, my boss was one of your keynotes. Oh, that's awesome. Like last year, maybe? Peter Shankman? Peter Shankman. Peter Shankman was a keynote at our 2018 conference. He was still to date the funniest speaker we ever had. I love Peter. He's the best. I, great guy. Love working for him. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my God, he's so funny. Um, I meant to mention that earlier, but he's great. I had no idea. And you do. Great surprise, though. Yeah, I was actually at that summit. He like no brought way. me in because I was like watching his daughter. <laughs> I remember you sitting in the front row mm-hmm. with his daughter. Yes, yep, that, that was is me. so funny. Yeah, people kept being like, "Oh, are you his nanny?" And I'm like, "No, actually, I do a lot of consulting work for him, but also so his five year old daughter just happens to like me." <laughs> uh, I love that. <laughs> so we're just hanging out. That's awesome. Um, but yes, obviously, can vouch. Love the next gen summits, and that's actually the next thing I want to talk about. Thank you. Summits are huge. Mm -hmm. I am sure they are very difficult to organize, especially when you're bringing in, like you said, such high-level people and not really paying them, which they're used to for speaking gigs. I know that they sometimes bring in a ton of money. Lots. So how does that work? How do you find the speakers? How do you get, I know you had like snacks and food. How do you get the location? How do you raise the money to put it on, tickets? All that. How? How? How does it work? Yeah. Well, you hit the nail <laughs> on the head. It is a very difficult business in the events world in general. But yeah. we talk about summits. We're talking large scale, right? Mm-hmm. Our 2019 event had over a thousand people. Nice. 2020 is looking like we'll be shooting for 1250. So 1,250 different people there. Crazy to say that out loud. Um, by the way, definitely get on a newsletter. Follow us to figure out when the 2020 event will be launching. Um, but what it comes down to really is getting the right people in the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, starting last year especially, but also in 2018's event, we've had a robust volunteer crew that every year we've gotten a little more organized. Um, in the beginning, it was kind of my partner Justin and myself figuring out as we went and sending emails here and there, doing a million different jobs. Mm-hmm. But now we've gotten somewhat of a system. And so it's important when you're dealing with these high level speakers, as you mentioned, to give them the show that they expect and that they deserve, frankly. Um, so if we're not paying someone like Peter, he's got to at least have a smooth ride, right? Yeah. He has to enjoy it, meet the right yeah. people, come away smiling, which hopefully he did. Yeah, and he's in a great mood. There you go. That's what matters. <laughs> and that's a job well done for us. Yeah. Right? We're never going to be competing with those behemoth events that pay the 100K plus speakers. Um, we're not in that league, right? Oh, yeah. So what can we do differently? Well, we can leverage real opportunity to connect with a young demographic. So mm-hmm. maybe Peter is looking for angel investment opportunities. Let's go get him the right folks in front of him that he can meet on site. That's something we can do. We can tell his story. We can put that in content in our media channels. That's something we can do. So we run towards those, and hopefully that is a worthwhile value to these speakers to come and join us and give up their time. Um, From an actual event production standpoint, it is a nightmare in planning, and the weeks and months leading up to it are filled with nights of no sleep, um, lots of work. But again, it comes down to the more you can prepare, the better and the easier the weekend of will be. Um, so this year, funny enough, was the first year that Justin and my partner and I were not entrenched in the actual event programming itself. So we got to Rome. We actually nice. had the opportunity to meet with attendees, which unheard of, right? That Wild. we could speak and have a conversation with one of the thousand people who comes. Um, it was a blessing. And I, I'll never forget this moment. I was standing on the balcony looking over during one of the intermission sessions 
and I see these hundreds and hundreds of people just mingling in some meeting and some engaging with the partners and the booths and the exhibitors. And I had a second to just breathe and take that in. And it was the best feeling of all time. Like in the middle of Saturday, day two of the event, the busiest hour, and I could just watch it all. And of course, so nice. very short lived, right? And then something yeah, happened, yeah. I had to go do this or that. Um, but it was so special. And that's only because we spent the previous 11 months, perhaps, planning for that event. And down to the, the timing. We ran on time this year. Big pat on the back for that. Um, that's very tough and oh, super yeah. unappreciated. But when you're an attendee, you plan your day around what sessions you want to go to. I get that. I'm there, too. I go to a lot of events. Um, so it, it's a lot of fun, a lot of headaches and hard work. But when we have the right team in place, which we do now, and I'm, I'm truly more confident than I've ever been, um, in our people, then it, it really is just about executing. And we know what we have to do, so let's go out there and do it. So, I mean, you started this with your partner while you were still literally in college, like you still have three more years to go, now you're out, you have a team. What was that development process? What did it look like? How did you get to this place where like you are in charge of people? Yeah, who are crazy. doing things for your company. Crazy what you just said. It's we awesome. in charge of people. It, it yeah. is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> and I, I take that to the highest regard, and, and that's a responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. That is so special. The fact that not only anyone, but the brilliant people that I get to call my, my teammates, my team members, that they have given this part of their life, and if not their life in general in perpetuity, because we're going to be here forever, um, <laughs> to us and to this mission, that, that speaks so, many, so much volumes to... Uh, what their values are and, and how we've been able to grow this company and I am so grateful for that. Um, but it has also been such a fun journey and I, I think that as Justin and I have grown, a lot of that has been through having to manage, having to figure out how do we get a team behind yeah. us and, and everybody on this team to feel like an owner because at the end of the day we can't be doing seven people's jobs. Right? We realized that pretty quickly years ago and so we have to then bring in the most talented brilliant people around the world, get them on board, get them up to speed, and then enable them to go out and, and be brilliant on their own. And so I view my role as a manager to, one, set the vision, right? Get everybody on the same page, tell them where we're going and how we hope we're going to get there. Mm -hmm. But then the second half is just getting every obstacle out of the way so that individually our team members can go and do it and do it to the most of their abilities never being held back by any outside factors, especially if it's our fault. If it's something that we're not giving them, that's a failure on me. And so I'm trying every day to be great for them, be the best Dylan so I can be the best manager for them and for this team. Um, and adding new team members, it seems like when you hear about it, it's a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, it's also a lot of work and really important work. Investing in somebody is the most important investment you can make. Um, so Justin and I host weekly one-on-ones with our team members. We spend one hour every single week with every single team member. That's, That's awesome. That's a lot of time. It, yeah. It's really awesome. It's my favorite time of the week. Um, but for other companies, they don't do that because it <laughs> is quote-unquote slow, right? Um, it's not the fast thing. It doesn't scale. Of course it doesn't scale because we're doing it the right way. And that's oftentimes the hard way. And today's work is going to pay off dividends for many months and years to come. Mm -hmm. And we just mentioned offline that we were just on board with our new member page, our new team member page. Um, she's going to be brilliant for us, but it's going to take a little bit for her to feel comfortable to contribute. And yeah. that's on me. That's on Justin. That's on our other team members who were here before Paige. And when the time comes and, and she's out there running and, and doing her, her thing out there, leading a department, it'll be amazing. 
but it's not happening overnight, right? Yeah. She could do it, she's that great, but we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that she feels comfortable whenever the day comes and she presses go. And there's no rush because we're in this for the long game, as I mentioned before. Um, but it really is a, a true blessing to get to work aside, uh, alongside this team every day. God, that's amazing. I love, I love when young people get to be in charge of companies because <laughs> this is what I hear. Yeah. And that's never, rarely, it's rarely what you hear when you get people who are the CEOs and founders of companies who are upper millennial or older than that, that's not what you hear because it is about scale, it is about right. fast, it is about movement, it is about profit. And not saying it's not, but like you also care about the people 100%. and the process and people being comfortable and working and doing right. things effectively rather than just efficiently. And oh, that's just so cool. It makes my heart that. so warm. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit also, since you do obviously work with young entrepreneurs, what tips, tricks, advice, what have you learned mm. from either your own experience or what you commonly see with other people who you work with? Just any insights, tidbits, etc. you feel like you should share? Yeah, great question. <laughs> I'd say at a high level, um, I think young entrepreneurs tend to fall victim to the overnight success stories that mm -hmm. we see in the media. Um, and that's not a bad thing necessarily, but it can be harmful when we come into this game thinking it'll be a get-rich-quick scheme. In six months, I'll have accomplished all my goals, and I'll be on cloud nine, and I'll sell my company for a billion dollars, and I'll, I'll get the girl or the guy and, and all that good stuff that comes with it. Um, that maybe happens like once or twice, and the rest of it is years in the making, and whenever that quote-unquote making it happens, it's 10 years later, right? Mm -hmm. um, we know that. A lot of people, when you dig down, they will accept that and understand that, but it can be dangerous when young people, especially students or high school students even, yeah. um, they think, let me be an entrepreneur because it's the easy path to making my dreams come true. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm here to tell you it's the hardest thing in the world yeah. and waking up every day running a company trying to get 1% better that's not easy um, but again the hard things that you do are what lead to that easier life at, at some point right mm -hmm. and, and no one that I know who's actually successful in this entrepreneur game has ever come about the, the quick way um, so we do the hard thing right we do the long game and that's what we do at NextGen um, and so the other thing I'd say is a quote by David Meltzer, who I look up to. Um, he says that the key to business is staying in business. So you gotta keep the lights on, right? You have to come in tomorrow and say to yourself, okay, what do I have to do to be here the next day? And then you come in that next day and you say, okay, what do I have to do to be here the day after that? If you keep doing that over a few weeks and a few months and a few years, compound interest, right? It, yeah. it just adds up and you're gonna get better and better and better and your team's going to get improved, they're going to expand, they're going to grow, and that's when things start to happen. And so sure, it's not maybe five years that uh, you, you're giving up, but it's five years that you're investing in that long-term success. Yeah. And I'm lucky to say that at NextGen, we've been able to really bake in our life goals as individuals, from Justin and myself, of course, as founders, but also for our team members. And so if we're passionate about something, we want to work on a cause that we really care about, let's build that into the mission. Let's find ways that we can incorporate that into our core business because we're in this for the long time, for, yeah. for the long haul. And we're not gonna wake up one day, we shouldn't wake up one day and say, I'm bored. 
right? That's not a good excuse, it's not a good reason. Um, and so we have to find ways to make this the most interesting project of our lives because we truthfully view it that way. And I'm lucky to say that is the case. We're going on year five and a half, almost year six. That's awesome. And that, that's amazing. Yeah. But also a large part of my life, right? And I hope that <laughs> yeah. 10 years from now, I'll say the same thing. Going year 15, 16. And that's truly special. Um, I don't know a lot of adults who get to say they love the job they do. Yeah, no. I know a lot of young entrepreneurs who say that, right? And, and there's a difference. We get to work on what we're passionate about every single day. And also on that note, if you are somebody listening who maybe is considering going in full-time in a business, ask yourself, do you want to be working on this problem in five years? And if you're not positive that the answer is yes, probably should reconsider. And maybe there's another way to go about this. I'm not saying you have to quit and give up. Um, but if this is not something that you see yourself being passionate about for the long haul, think twice before you, you make that commitment. So you mentioned having you and Justin and your other team members, if they have things they're passionate about, causes baking that into the company and the mission for the long term. Can you give me an example of that? Because I've never heard anyone say that they do that, like at least outside the founders. That, that's such a great question. Um, one of our new team members, Malachi, who joined full-time in July, who leads our business development and partnerships initiatives, um, he's really passionate about sustainability. And mm -hmm. he wants to, one, make this world a better place at a high level, which we all do. We can all get behind that. Um, but little things that manifest in how our team goes about our, our average day, what, what we're using, what initiatives we're getting behind. And so right now, we as a company are in the process of becoming a B Corp. Um, oh, because we awesome. believe in that. Because we actually want to invest in that well-being yeah. of our both our company, but also our world and our whole economy and our whole um, society. And so that's really important to us. Again, am I about that myself? Yes, 100%. Was I there before Malachi really brought, brought that out in us? Probably not, admittedly. And so if it matters to Malachi, it matters to me. Because he's our family member, right? We, we are all part of the same mission here. Yeah. And so we want to make sure he wakes up every day, comes into work knowing that I'm giving my time, my effort, my energy to a company that I truly believe in with every bone in my body. And I, I hope that's the case, right? We're yeah. going to work our butts off to make sure that he feels that way and every other team member who joins this next-gen family does, um, but it takes real change, and it's not just talking the talk. you got to walk the walk, um, but that's just hopefully one of the many examples that will continue to prop up between now and forever as we add more talented individuals to this family. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. Fortunately, we are out of time, but before we go, please tell everyone where they can find you online, where they can find NextGen online, all of the things you want to plug, and then say goodbye. Thank you again so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast. You are incredible and inspiring so many people. I'm so glad I got to come on today. Uh, first and foremost, join that newsletter I mentioned before. Yes. If you go to our website, ngsummit.com slash email, just drop your email in there. You'll hear from us once a week at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Mondays. Uh, the best newsletter you'll get, I promise you. They're great. There you go. Can vouch. Love that. And then I am on social at D-Y-L-A-N Gambardella, G-A-M-B-A-R-D-E-L-L-A. Although, funny enough, Twitter cuts my name off. So I'm just D-Y-L Gambardella, Dill Gambardella. It's too long, us Italians with those long last names. Uh, rocking the boat, but I uh, look forward to hearing from some of you. And feel free to reach out and drop me a note if I can be helpful in any way. Amazing. Thank you so much again for being on. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Generation Slay. Make sure to follow us at Generation Slay on Instagram and Twitter for updates and motivation, and check into Insta Stories on Fridays for takeovers by our guests where you can ask questions and get amazing answers, or even get a sneak peek into their daily lives. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that more people can see the show and can hear the wonderful insights and stories that our guests have to share. In the meantime, always remember, failure is proof that you're trying and putting yourself out there, which is more than a lot of people can say. You're really doing great. Happy hustling, and I'll see you next week. Bye!